Turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 17 and verse 1. John chapter 17, verse 1. Over the years, I've known several people who had a real heart for prayer. Um, one of my friends who mentored pastors, he would pray for pastors by name. And uh, you could just tell the passion of God was in his heart for these pastors who were, who were struggling. Uh, I've heard my parents pray for my family. I've heard people pray for this church with passion, sometimes with tears. Uh, what an imp- a powerful thing when God's people call upon his name. It invites the presence and the power of God into our situations and um, how desperately we need it. And we also need to know how to pray for God's kingdom because I want to tell you something. As God, God's kingdom thrives in this world, you and I thrive, and we are blessed as God's kingdom is blessed. Jesus lifts up the things that are on his heart in this scripture. We're going to look at Jesus' prayer list, those things that were on his mind right before he went to the cross, that he lifted in prayer to God, and we can learn some things about what types of things we need to pray for in our lives to have an impactful, uh, effective Christian walk uh, and uh, effective ministry for the kingdom of God. And so um, uh, we need to pray as Jesus prayed under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And so the title of my message, Jesus' Prayer List, and look with me at verse 1. It says, Jesus spoke these things, looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so the Son may glorify you. Since you gave him authority over all flesh so that he may give eternal life to everyone that you have given him. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. I have glorified you on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with that glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have revealed your name to the people you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know everything you have given is from you, because I have given them the words you gave me. They have received them, and they have known for certain that I came from you. They have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, because they are yours. Everything I have is yours, and everything you have is mine, and I am glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by your name that you have given to me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I was protecting them by your name so that you have, uh, that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them is lost except the son of destruction, so the scripture may be fulfilled." Now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy completed in them. I have given them your word. The world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I am not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. 
They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. I sanctify myself for them so that they may be sanctified by the truth. So Jesus' prayer list. What was on Jesus' prayer list? Well, first of all, he prayed for his unsaved people. I'm using this this, uh, possessive pronoun, his, because the Scripture says in all of these places that we're going to look today that God has given something to Jesus. God has given something to Jesus. Guess, Guess what? God has given some things to us as well. He's given us people in our lives who don't know Christ, in our families, among our friends, in our, in our workplaces, uh, in the places where we spend our leisure time. God has put us there on purpose. And as God's people, we need to have our eyes open to that and ask God to put people upon our hearts to pray for uh, and, and to ask God to bring them salvation. And we need to be willing to be part of the solution and to, to speak the name of Jesus with those folks as he leads us to share. But Jesus says, he says in um, verse 2, he says, so that he may give eternal life to everyone you have given him. I believe that God has given me certain people in my life, in my sphere of influence, to impact for Christ. And so he has for you. Uh, There are people that you will see that I won't see, right? Uh, And You know, it's amazing. One thing I do miss about being in the secular workplace is the fact that I was around lost people who came to work. (laughs) And uh, they may not ever darken the door of a church, but they were there to work. And because they were there to work, I was able to pray for them. I was able to share with them as God led me and make an impact in their lives. Uh, my mom is is a is a bold witness, and and she she actually witnesses all the time. And uh, she was talking to me this week about several people in her workplace that she has been talking to about Jesus Christ, and uh, it, it inspires me. Uh, and I hope that I'm that way. You know, when I've got that many years behind my belt, that I'm still telling people about Jesus. I'm still excited about the things of God. And uh, still trying to reach people for Christ. But <clears throat> uh, she, uh, she has, has done that. And she's done that wherever she's been. She has talked to people about Jesus Christ. And has, there have been people who've come to Christ through her witness in the workplace. And so God has given you some people. So ask God to open your eyes to those people around you that need Jesus Christ. So that you can pray for them. And so... Uh, that you can have an influence in their lives. Um, <clears throat> there's a, a program called Who's Your One, and, uh, uh, and whether you take one person and you pray for that person and you ask God to use you in the life of that person uh, in specific ways to bring them to Christ. And you may invite them to your house or you may do these things uh, to try to reach them. And so uh, <clears throat> ask God to lay a person or some people upon your heart, and then uh, to give you wisdom and how to go about talking to them and, uh, and loving them. 
uh, and and uh, see if God will use you as a part of the process in bringing that person to Jesus Christ. So Jesus said that there have been unsaved people, Father, that you have given me that, uh, that have, um, have, have been in, in the uh, crowds that I've ministered to, that have been among the people that I have discipled as, as they've come to Christ. Um, and, and you've given them to me, and I've given them eternal life as they put their trust in me. Uh, and so ask God to, to do that same work through you. And have your eyes open to those unsaved people around you. Could it be that your prayer might make the difference between whether somebody goes to heaven or whether somebody goes to hell? I can't think of anything more important. So Jesus' prayer list, what was on his heart, he prayed for his unsaved people. Secondly, he prayed for his kingdom work. He prayed for his kingdom work. Verse 4, I have glorified you on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. His kingdom work was on his heart. He had finished the work as far as his, his ministry on earth. He was going to the cross, and that was a very significant work. But uh, his earthly ministry, as far as his preaching and teaching ministry, was over. He was getting ready to go to the cross. And he says, Lord, I thank you that I've completed this work. He's excited about the work. He's passionate about the work. And he's glad that it's finished. <clears throat> Uh, we need to pray about the kingdom work that God has given us to do. Now, some of you, uh, God has wired you, and you're more of a service, acts of service type of person. But pray about those acts of service, that people will see Jesus in you. Pray that God will use it to minister to other people, to edify them and to lift them up. Uh, pray that God would use you to bring encouragement to other people. <clears throat> Um, some of you uh, are more uh, verbally inclined, and God uses you more uh, as speakers to encourage. Pray about that. Uh, perhaps God's given you a specific role in the church. Maybe he's given you a, uh, an office in the church. Pray about that office. Lord, help me to fulfill this office in the best possible way to bring glory to your name. Uh, Lord, help me to do the work you've given me to do in a way that glorifies you. Help, give me the strength to persevere. Lord, help me to do my work with joy. Help me to walk by faith and not by sight and to be excited about what you're doing through my life. Um, so that kingdom work that God has given us to do, and, and kingdom work doesn't just happen here. It happens in the community, doesn't it? You may encourage somebody out in the community. You may have a conversation with somebody. You may serve somebody. Uh, I've heard about people who've mowed the grass of a neighbor uh, as something to do to encourage them. Uh, God can use you in a number of ways, but uh, pray about these ways. Don't just do the things, do them in obedience to God, but also pray about them. Why? Because it invites God's supernatural power into the equation. It's like that extra punch that you need uh, for your work and your service for God to have the maximum impact that it needs to have. I kind of learned this earlier in my ministry. I'd, I'd go, um, usually it happened like this. I, would, I really didn't think a whole lot about praying about my messages. I really didn't. <clears throat> and I would prepare for them. I know that sounds unspiritual, but it was the truth. And so uh, 
I would prepare my messages, and a lot of times if I felt like I had just really blown it, you know, and I wasn't ready, I just thought, man, you know, I've tried studying, I just don't seem to be where I want to be. I would pray in desperation. And God would help me, and I would do better than on those weeks I felt prepared, you know. And then someday, I think, boy, I am ready. I am, I am ready. I'm, I'm ready to charge hell with a water pistol. I've got all the, I've done my study. I've got all this preparation done. And I'd forget to pray. And it would just fall as flat and be as dead as it could be. And so what I learned to do, if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to pray. <laughs> because I realize the power comes from God's Spirit. It's not in me. God wants me to work. He wants me to prepare. He wants me to do the best I can. But the power is not in that. The power is when God puts his hand upon me and uses me and works through me. So whatever we're doing, if we're serving God with our hands or if we're speaking for God, add a little prayer. And you can do those quick prayers, those little machine gun prayers. You come across somebody and they say, hey, I have got to talk to you. I have been going through a hard time in my life. I just need to talk to you. That's red flag time. Machine gun prayer time, okay? That's where you say, Lord, give me wisdom. God, fill me with your spirit. God, speak to this person, minister to this person through me. You can pray all that silently in your head. While you're saying, yeah, let's go talk. You know, And God will use you. He will answer those prayers. He'll come into that situation, and what you'll find is that your words will have more of an impact than they would have otherwise. I don't know why that's true. Well, I do know why it's true. It's because God gets involved. But <clears throat> it's, sometimes it's counterintuitive uh, to, to the way we normally think. So uh, pray about the kingdom work that God has given you to do. So, uh, Jesus prayerless, what was on his heart? He prayed for his unsaved people. He prayed for his kingdom work. He prayed for his growing disciples. Look at verse 6. I love this. He says, I revealed your name to the people you gave me from the world. That is, his disciples. They were yours. You gave them to me. Now, you say, well, I'm not Jesus. I don't have 12 disciples, and uh, why do I need to, to worry about this prayer? Well, because God has called us as his people to make disciples, right? Now, you may not have teaching gifts, but God may use you to influence or impact somebody else in their walk with Christ. Uh, sometimes we influence by example more than by what we say. Right? So if you're a person who does, do you want to influence other people in your life for Christ? We should. I think we should want to do that. I think God has given everybody, if you've got children, you have disciples. Whether you like it or not, you've got disciples. They're going to watch you. What you say and what you do, they're going to watch it. They'll also be listening to what you say and you have a unique opportunity to influence them for Christ pray for them if they're unsaved pray for their salvation but if they're already a believer 
pray that God would grow them and develop them and help them to reach their potential for Christ. Um, perhaps you've got some close friends that, that you uh, get together with and, and you talk about the Lord. Pray about those times. God could use you to disciple them. And guess what? Sometimes God will use them to disciple you. I, it's, it's funny how that works. I, I remember uh, <clears throat> uh, talking to one of my friends, and he and I had prayed together and had a fellowship together over the years. And uh, one day I said, boy, you know, you have, God has really used you in my life. Considered him kind of one of my mentors. And uh, <clears throat> he said, well, God's used you in my life. And you know what? It's true. When you minister to other people, it, there's something about it that fellowship with God's people, it's a mutual thing. <clears throat> there's been a couple of times I've come to teach a Sunday school class, and I've, I've kind of been down. You ever been there? Come to church, and you're just not where you, where you need to be. And uh, maybe a little discouraged, and I, I was that way, and I'd come into the Sunday school class. We began to do the class. And I don't know if they got anything out of it or not, but I was blessed. God lifted me up through his people. What a powerful thing that is. We, sometimes we underestimate the, the need for fellowship that we have with God's people. It's so important. <clears throat> so uh, anybody that God has given you a spiritual influence on, Consider them a disciple. Now, they may be discipling you. You may, you know, it may be a mutual thing. But <clears throat> consider them a disciple and pray for that process. Ask God to use you. Um, <clears throat> I've noticed this with my kids. Sometimes I would pray. I struggle sometimes with, you know, especially if you've got teenagers in the house, life's busy, Right? you got places you're going, you got things you're doing, everybody's schedule's different, you're going this way and that and everything. I thought, well, how am I supposed to be a spiritual leader when it's very rare we're all together at once? <laughs> you know, how do you, how do you accomplish that? You know, and, uh, and, uh, and I have wondered, and then, you know, as my kids now, are, have they've left the nest, how do I minister to them? And you know what I've noticed? If I will talk to God about it, God will give an opportunity. God will move my heart to share. And uh, it's uncanny. A couple of weeks ago that happened. I, I'd, I'd been praying uh, and, and said, Lord, would you please help me be open to those opportunities you have, and those ways you want me to impact my kids, help me speak into their lives, and let me know when that opportunity comes and help me take advantage of that. And boy, boom, boom, it was there. And then other times I will not focus as much. I always pray for my kids, but I, I don't focus as much as on that. And, and time will go by, and it seems like there's not much that happens. So if you'll, if you'll be intentional about that and you'll pray about these people that you interact with, that you have spiritual influence on, God will use you in their lives. Uh, it's it's a it's a great thing. So, <clears throat> uh, Jesus' prayer list. <clears throat> what was on his heart? Well, he prayed for his unsaved people, his kingdom work, his growing disciples. Next, his spiritual communication. 
this is emphasized possibly more than, you know, or as, as much as anything in this, in this scripture. Look at verse 8. Because I have given them, watch this, the words you gave me. I have given them the words you gave me. Now, Jesus used the scripture. That's part of the words that Jesus has given us, isn't it? For every single child of God. But Jesus also spoke as the Spirit led them. In verse 14, he says, I have given them your word. Verse 17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. His spiritual communication is just weaved throughout this chapter. Um, Jesus talked about, he said, I do nothing but what my father tells me to do. Jesus had a dependence upon the Father in his earthly ministry. If the Father led him to teach, he taught. If the Father led him to go somewhere else, he'd go somewhere else. <laughs> One time the disciples said, hey, everybody's gathered out. They, they're waiting for you to come back. Jesus was in a remote place. They want you to come back and heal them. And Jesus says, that's not why I've come. I've come to, we're going to go to another city and preach the gospel. So, you know, the fact that he had a big crowd waiting on him didn't, didn't phase him one bit. He was going to do what God told him to do. So Jesus had this sense of dependency and this sense of awareness that God was in charge of his spiritual life. And when he communicated, he did so as God would provide his leadership. And I think he probably did some things systematically as well. But uh, a lot of Jesus' communication was just kind of in the normal, everyday uh, circumstances of their lives, right? They're traveling from place to place. They get into a discussion about something. Uh, they had a theological discussion. Uh, well, uh, who, who uh, sinned, this man <clears throat> or his father, but that he was born blind? <clears throat> They're just kind of talking about it. And so Jesus answers that, and he's, no, it's not because of sin. And, you know, he, he goes on into it. But uh, a lot of times, ministry works that way, and our spiritual communication will happen at a moment that's an opportunity in a conversation. And so, uh, when you see those opportunities, uh, be in prayer about those things in advance. Before those opportunities come, pray, Lord, as, as you give me the opportunity to speak for you today, Lord, would you just fill me with your spirit? Would you guide me? Would you give me the words that I need to share? Would you give me wisdom and help me to make an impact in the lives of people? Speak to the issues of their heart. Uh, and if you'll do that, and then, then when you have those opportunities, the Spirit of God will lead you. And uh, there'll be a word given. And sometimes he may lay a scripture upon your heart to share. He may, uh, there may be a testimony to share. There may be, um, you know, just a word of encouragement, whatever it might be. Maybe it's a word of rebuke, but he will lead you, and as you interact in these situations, those words will be powerful tools of God to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Now, here's my word, okay? Uh, my word by itself, listen, 
Somebody was talking to me about a message uh, this past week. I said, I don't even remember what I preached. <laughs> you know, it, it, it was gone. You know, uh, but can I tell you something? <clears throat> if that word is for you and it touches you deeply, you're going to remember it. I may forget it, but you'll remember it because it ministered to you. God will use our words in that way as we ask him to help us with spiritual communication. And uh, it's amazing how he'll do that. And he sometimes will open somebody's eyes uh, and bring them to faith in Jesus Christ through a spiritual communication. So bring those things to God in prayer. Think about those communications, the opportunities that you have to influence others. And if you're in a conversation, do a machine gun prayer if you need to. If you forgot to pray about it that morning, well, do it it that morning and do a machine gun prayer. That's even better. Uh, But ask God uh, to help you as you you share, to give you words and, uh, and wisdom, and God will answer. All right. So what was on Jesus' heart? Uh, His unsaved people, his kingdom work, his growing disciples, his spiritual communication, his supernatural protection. Look at verse 15. I am not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Jesus was praying for the protection of his people. Uh, Scripture tells us in the book of Job that Satan was complaining to God because God had put a hedge of protection around everything that Job had, around his family, around all his possessions. Satan couldn't, couldn't touch it. Do you know that our God is more powerful than Satan? Uh, and he is also more powerful than uh, the kingdoms of this world and the people of this world. And as we pray for God's protection... Uh, it is a really powerful thing. Parents, please pray for the protection of your kids. Our kids need protection. They need protection emotionally. They're, they're, they're being torn down. You know, hopefully, if, they're, if your kids are being torn down when they go out into the world, hopefully when they come into your home, they're being built up and encouraged and strengthened. Uh, but, but pray for their protection emotionally. Pray for their protection spiritually. Can I tell you something? The evil one wants to lead our kids astray. He wants them to believe lies. He wants to lead them away from Christ. Pray for their spiritual protection. Pray for their physical protection. We live in a dangerous world. Uh, And listen, it's not just for your kids. Pray for this church. Pray for those who are God's people in this world. It has become, uh, in many parts of the world, a capital offense to name the name of Jesus Christ. We need to be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ for the protection of God upon his people. Listen, we're we're called to be obedient to Christ even if it costs us something, even if persecution is involved. And if persecution comes, it will only come by permission of Jesus Christ. But if it comes, uh, God will reward us for it. But... uh, why have unnecessary difficulty and hardship if you don't have to, right? Why not pray for protection? And uh, isn't it amazing? God protected his disciples. The 12, according to tradition, either all but one or all, all of them, 
with Matthias replacing Judas, died for their faith. But they didn't die until God was finished with them. They were protected by Jesus' hand through uh, the earthly ministries that they had. Paul, man, if he wasn't protected by God, he'd have left this world a long time ago. Uh, you know, it, 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 before he did, right? And so um, he was he was beaten and put in jail multiple times. There were mobs that were after him. He was stoned and left for dead. Uh, how in the world do you make it through that? God's protection. <laughs> and God, God held him in his hand. He carried him through and brought him out the other side. Jeremiah was thrown into the pit, into the well, the dried out well. It wasn't completely dry because he sank down in the mud. And they left him there for three days, and Jeremiah cried out to the Lord, and God sent somebody to Jeremiah who pulled him up out of the well. Listen, we need to pray for this body of believers. I'm going to tell you something. Our enemy hates us. We are in a spiritual battle. He, he wants to destroy us. He, he, want, he wants to send as many people to hell as he can. Uh, but since most of us know Christ, he can't do that. But he can try to destroy our lives. So we need to pray for one another. Pray as God puts somebody in this church on your heart. Make sure you lift them up in prayer. Um, <clears throat> make sure you intercede for those people that God brings to mind in, during the week. Uh, and, and lift up a prayer to them. And uh, If God puts a burden on your heart, make sure you pray for them. Because God probably wants to use you in their life. It's amazing what God can do through prayer. I told you a few years ago about the, uh, the ladies who, whose sons had gone over and were fighting in the Gulf War, and, and they, they felt a strong burden to get together and pray. And they prayed uh, for a couple of hours for their sons who were overseas fighting in the war. And later on, they heard from their sons, and they had, they had become in great, they were in great danger from the enemy. And just as these ladies began to pray, a sandstorm came. And it hid them from the enemy. And guess how long it lasted? For two hours they were praying. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. We serve a living God. As you pray for the protection of people around you, God will use that in a powerful way. Um, and, and prayer is spiritual warfare. Did you know that? A lot of times people talk about the armor of God and they leave off what it says, praying at all times in the Spirit. You see, <clears throat> prayer is part of the battle. And we come against God, we worship, but we also pray for others. Intercessory prayer is so powerful. My mom... I know, I've mentioned this, I know she prayed me out of a whole lot of trouble I wanted to get into when I was in high school, right? Uh, why can't I get into this trouble? Well, my mom was praying for me. She prayed for a hedge of protection around me every day I lived. Kind of frustrated me at the time, <laughs> probably. But uh, 
But the power of that, we don't know. Only when we get to heaven will we realize how God has taken these prayers that we prayed and used them for his kingdom. Jesus shows us the importance of prayer because this is one of the last things he does before he goes to the cross is pray for his people. But he also shows us the importance of it because guess what he's still doing today? The Bible says he's exalted at the right hand of the Father and he always lives to make intercession for you and me. Did you know Jesus is still praying for you and me? <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful thing? And guess what? He's always right with God. <laughs> he, he always knows exactly what to pray. But he invites us to join him in his priestly work of prayer uh, to make a difference in this world. Let's do it for the glory of God. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, you need to understand uh, God loves you. Uh, he wants you to have a relationship with him. But power in prayer comes in a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says that it is through the work of Christ that the barrier between us and God is taken away. So there is no power in prayer. Yes, God may answer the prayer of a lost person. Especially, he will answer the prayer of repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. He'll answer that every time because he's promised to do so. But uh, he, may, he may even answer some, some specific prayers uh, out of grace uh, in a lost person's life. But generally, there is no power in prayer for a lost person because the barrier remains. In order for, for you to have power in prayer, you need to know Jesus Christ. Uh, so uh, Jesus paid the price at the cross, and he, he rose again. He paid the price for our sin. And he asks us to repent or make a choice to turn from our sin in our own way to follow him and to receive the gift of eternal life. If you need to make that choice today, I'm going to invite you to do that here in just a moment. And then you can begin that relationship with Christ uh, and also have the lines of communication open between you and God so that you can pray as he desires you to pray. Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you. Uh, Lord, for this time that we've been able to spend here today, God, help our eyes to be open to the spiritual needs around us, to the ministry opportunities that you've given us. And uh, Father, help us intercede for, for others around us who know Christ, but also, Lord, to, to lift up people in prayer who are lost, who need Jesus Christ. And uh, Father, help us to be willing to be a part of the solution to that. And, uh, and Father, we, we pray that uh, any who are here today that don't know Christ, that uh, you'd be drawing them to yourself, uh, showing them clearly their need for you, and uh, Father, enabling them to genuinely repent and put their trust in Jesus. And we pray it in his name.